Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 88 of the Still City Insider podcast. Jim, we're only 12 away from 100. Can you believe that? Wow. What are we going to do? I mean, we can't call it the... What what, num- what numbers is this? 80, 88? 88. Is that the Courtney Hawkins? But anyway, we won't be able to call it the players when we get the three digits. That's true. What are we going to do? We'll have to come up with something creative. You're 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 pretty creative, so I'm sure we can generate some something fun, something unique. I got to do all the thinking around here, don't I? I'm telling you, you do. And I tell you what, there's lots of thinking to be done as a Steelers team that once sat at seven and four is now seven and six, coming off two putrid losses to two two and ten teams. A lot of twos here, losing to the Patriots. Last week on a Thursday night, 21-18, and somehow they still remain as the sixth seed. They have that wild card spot due to some favors from some of their NFL brethren. They play Kansas City right now. Uh, they're gearing up for the Colts this weekend, a Saturday game, kind of a, a unorthodox schedule, 4-30. Uh, but the sky is falling in Pittsburgh, and we're going to get to all that from people calling for Tomlin's job, his resignation team. Reports of even hearing a fire Tomlin chant at last week's game. Play uh, Fans are calling for him to, to lose his job, but we know that's not going to happen. There was even a Bleacher Report um, insider, Jordan Schultz, who reported that Tomlin definitively will be returning as the coach next year. That's no surprise. You have fans calling for a trade a la John Gruden uh, to the commanders for draft picks. What say you about all this Tomlin turmoil? Well, I don't even know who Jordan Schultz is. Never heard of him. I don't know how he would know, but it's a pretty good guess. It was a smart guess because I don't see it happening at all. I mean, he's got a winning record in a rebuilding phase. It's just as simple as that. I know everybody wants to extrapolate and go into all the playoff losses from years past when he had a fading quarterback and he couldn't rebuild from the championship team, you know, a dying Franchise quarterback couldn't get it done. Now uh, everybody's adding on because they have to rebuild the entire line. They have entirely new skill people and a new quarterback, and the quarterback's injured, and he's got a winning record. I mean, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> I know that's not what anyone wants to hear. It's not going to happen. And the trade, I, I don't see that at all. That's just not. That's not what the Steelers do. I, I, they're not going to treat a guy like that unless he wants to go, and I don't see him wanting to go. Yeah, yeah. I know Washington's kind of his home. He's a Newport News guy, a Norfolk guy, Chesapeake Bay guy, and Washington would probably be get him closer to home, but his home's Pittsburgh now. Yeah, yep. Yeah, after 17 years, uh, you know, it's it's – hard to uproot yourself, even though you're from that area. But but you're right. that That's not happening. Tom is not going anywhere. But I can understand the frustration from the fan base with what's been happening, not just this season, but seasons past. Uh, hanging, hanging the hat on the finishing with a winning record every year. Um, you know, there there is a sense of frustration and that has to be addressed somehow. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll, we'll talk about the Tomlin presser. But there's also been brought up this week dissension in the locker room, and you had an opportunity to be at practice to, uh, today. Did you get any vibe that there is some 
um, division, divisiveness in there. I just got a vibe that they lost to two crummy teams and they're, uh, they're competitors and they're upset. Um, I, I asked Cam, I said, uh, what do you think about that? What, what, do you, what can you tell me about the perception that this team's uh, rife with dissension? There's the locker room's lost. He goes, screw perception. Uh, I went over to Allen Robinson. I tried to talk to some of the leaders. They don't get a sense of that at all. But I did ask, I, I asked Allen, I said, don't, I, I'm not looking for names, but are people taking plays off? He goes, well, if you look at it, if you take a few plays out of here and there, kind of. Yeah. So at least there was that admission. But otherwise, you know, everybody's band together. Tom was walking around the locker room doing his usual Mm-hmm. with the guys happy business day to you and uh you know he's he's not going to lose the locker room uh there are some wide receivers that are questionable with that george yeah. pickens deontay johnson you just wonder Najee's a little uh a little moody and a little surly at times there, there really is no offensive leader mm-hmm. you know see Amalo is probably the one guy you could look at as a a, a wise head but it's his first year on the team, and he's a quiet guy anyway. So, yeah, yeah I mean, guys like Fryermuth are, are are emerging into leaders, and um, Jalen Warren Warren's a laid back dude, and there really is no quarterback leadership. Mm-hmm. Mitch, Mitch gives you leadership, Mason gives you leadership, but I mean, half of that has to have has to be uh, uh, brought with effectiveness at your position. There's no effectiveness at quarterback. So how, how good of a leader can that quarterback be? Yeah. And 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 but I would have- the offense just lacks leadership and the defense is lashing out a little bit. I, I totally understand it. I, I just don't see a lost locker room. I know the Tomlin detractors, the guys that want him fired now, uh, are gonna pile all this stuff up. And he, hey, he's had a couple crummy games. You know, um Ben, Ben Roethlisberger on his podcast, ripped Tomlin's game management, but it was a time management as if um, he screwed up the clock at the end of the, uh, the game. I thought they just, they called a timeout too early. I I put that on Trubisky or whoever, whoever didn't get on the field. And that could be Tomlin too, but I don't think it had anything to do with game management. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a catch all thing for Tomlin. Yeah. Game management. I don't, I, and, and you ask anybody, give, give me a, a, a concrete example of him screwing up the clock. Nobody ever gets anything. Everybody just thinks he's he's doing it wrong. Yeah. So, it, yeah, that's not going to be good for our comment section, is it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's it's a it's a, a diplomatic arena for discussion and discourse around this team. So we're just sharing different uh, viewpoints and perspectives here, but. And talking about dissension in the locker room, you're saying that you didn't observe it, observe it. You didn't get that sense from the players. I guess if that was the case from your experience and having covered the team uh, for as long as you have, what would that look like? How would that, I guess, division start to manifest itself outside of the locker room on the field? Um, And has some of that happened that's making people draw these types of conclusions? Well, it's funny you bring that up. It was the spring of 2000, and I was interviewing Richard Huntley with Jerry DiPaolo next to me and then Ed Bouchette next to him, three of us. 
and this fist comes over my shoulder and just missed Huntley. It was Earl Holmes. And then they got involved in the brouhaha and we're, you know, it happened right over my shoulder. Um, that was dissension in the locker room. Richard Huntley versus the linebackers. You're not going to win that one, uh, Big Rich. So, uh, yeah, that was 2000 after 98 and 99 and 2000. And I still really don't think they lost the locker room. Earl Holmes uh, was a baller. Uh, uh, Jason Gilden, he was waving a stool around. Joey Porter, you know, uh, <laughs> somebody yelled because we left our tape recorders running because we were interviewing. So we left the tape recorders running and still somebody yelled, come get some. And the guy with the stool yelled, I got some. <laughs> <laughs> I loved Earl Holmes, the hitman. Uh, he was he was one of my favorites. It, maybe that's what this team needs. They just need to have an all out brawl and just clear the air. Well, it's better in the spring. You can clear that stuff up. I, I mean, I think Minka did a good job of clearing the air. Mm-hmm. You know, you ask the offensive guys, I asked Dan Moore, you know, what do you think about what Minka said? And he said, well, you're going to have to ask Minka. I, I have no comment. It doesn't – didn't befront him. So Yeah, yeah. And then it doesn't help, too, that you have, um, you know, you know, retired sealers, greats, uh, vets with a, a lot of respect within the organization in the NFL. I know Ryan Clark went on record to question whether or not the Steelers' way was being upheld with this current group of players. So that contributes to the perception. Absolutely. Well, the Steelers' way, I mean, he, Ryan played on a championship team. They were champions for a reason. They had great players, great character. The 2000 team didn't. I mean, nobody knew Heinz Ward and Aaron Smith, young guys in the locker room. Joey Porter was really young. Nobody knew they were going to be great leaders one day. Mm-hmm. They were just, you know, looking around at all the idiocy going on around them. Uh, guys were getting old. LeVon Kirkland was getting older. And uh, they were moving on. They were losing free agents. Um, this team hasn't replaced those great champions. I mean, those you don't have Heinz Wards and James Ferriers and Aaron Smiths and Casey Hamptons and I mean, on and on and on. Look at all that character. And, and I have to agree that Cower built a great culture. I don't know if it was just him, but man, there was a lot of character and there was a lot of thought about character that went into the drafts. Mm-hmm. You have to wonder right now and you have to believe, you have to hope they're getting back to that because while everybody, everybody slamming this team, uh, for its talent and its coaching, the talent has been addressed. The entire personnel department is almost almost the entire personnel department has been turned over. Mm-hmm. And last year they had a great draft, brought in some interesting free agents. I mean, I, I'm thinking that Landon Roberts can help this team for you. You would hope three four years yeah. can be the middle right. linebacker that they'd need. Yeah, and so I I think there have been other pickups. Uh, nothing comes to mind right now, but because uh, they were some of the older guys. But I think the offensive line is coming around, and uh, um, the draft was so good that you got you know this personnel department had one, so now put another one together and start getting some character in here like you used to mm-hmm. when you had champions like Aaron Smith. Yeah. Well, locker room dissension or not, there's still a game to play this Saturday. They're still in the hunt. They currently own the the sixth seed uh, due to some favors that were done. The Colts lost. Uh, I can't believe the the Browns and the the Bengals. You know they continue to win. Baltimore sits in that number one spot. 
it's going to be a wild card position if if it's anything for the Steelers. But you were at practice today. Do you get a sense that this team has refocused and is has their target set on this game this weekend? Um, oh yeah, I mean yeah, and and that that was that was the universal consensus response to my queries about dissension in the locker room was there's nothing that a W can't fix. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the truth of it. And so that's how they're all looking at this. And the Colts are beatable. And the Steelers have more rest than the Colts. Colts are going to be working on a short week. Steelers on a long week. So, and today it started a, a day early because it's a Saturday game. So today was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't want to confuse anyone, but today <laughs> was Wednesday. It's that's Tuesday, right. but it was a Wednesday in football terms. Right. Uh, so, you know, uh, TJ was working, looked good. And now, you know, after they work, when they're in concussion protocol and after they work, then they have to get checked the next day to see if the practice did anything to them. Mm-hmm. Usually it doesn't. So I would consider TJ okay. Uh, Highsmith was uh, more limited, um, but I got a feeling he's going to play. Uh, Elandon Roberts didn't practice today, but I have a feeling he's going to play. It sounds like everyone's optimistic about him, and that's important in the middle. Uh, Minka, you know. Uh, it looks like it looks like the key players are going to be there, and it doesn't look like the Colts are going to have Jonathan Taylor, and they've struggled without him. Yeah, so a struggling running game coming up against the Steelers, but also a, a not such a great run defense as well. Exactly. Yeah, I, I saw that you, you wrote uh, in in one of your your columns here that they're allowing four point six yards per carry, so it could be some opportunities so, for Warren and Harris. That's the last five games. Okay. Last five, and, and that's against putrid competition. You mm-hmm. think the Steelers haven't played anybody in the last five games? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't have the list of who the uh, Colts have played, but their win win loss percentage of the five opponents is three twenty eight. The Steelers is like four twenty five, and that included two, three, and ten teams. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Colts haven't played anybody and are getting run upon. They're pretty soft. So you know, Najee didn't practice today. Um, Jalen Warren got all the work. I'd like to see Jalen get all the work in the game myself, but you know how, where I stand there. Yes, yes. Uh, and I just want to touch quickly on the the Patriots game um, because you, you, we were talking there about the defense, defense of Landon Roberts. But was this a game where the injuries finally caught up to this unit, especially at inside linebacker? Um, the the Patriots went after the the inside group with with their tight ends, converted some nice passes. There were a few passes that were dropped, but do you think that the injuries finally caught up to this defense? And then with with Highsmith and Watt going down, that um, that really just contributed to the overall weak effort. You know, in '93, injuries uh, played havoc with the Steelers, and they used a kid named Chad Brown at inside linebacker. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> here comes the herbig uh it didn't seem to hurt them so you know injuries catch up with you you know uh do something michael walker's been there now three three straight games how many times are you gonna watch that mm-hmm. so uh yeah injuries were a problem but come on yeah you know i think offense was the bigger problem i know tomlin ripped the defense at his press conference but that was just because he has response uh responsive leaders over there who are going to listen to that and Hmm. do something about it man he starts ripping the offense and they're going to be wow we do suck and and you know they that that group needs confidence more than anything 
But they do so, suck. I mean, <laughs> they do and suck. And the play call, the play calling was just hideous. Yeah. Third and two, fourth and two, just hideous. Come on, there's no excuse. I don't want to hear any George Pickens did this against Baltimore on second and nine. <laughs> against zero. Against yeah. a, a cover zero. You know, this was not the same thing. It's a backup quarterback flailing away. When you had two running backs back there, should have easily picked up that first down. Then you you get into Boswell range. That stadium was rocking. As much as as pissed off as that stadium was at the first half, it was rocking in the second half. Yeah. And it would have been a raucous come from behind. You know, they tie the score there. They they could go into overtime and shut that uh, wretched New England offense down. They had all the momentum. Those, those play calls just killed everything. There was no excuse for that. That was horrible coaching. That yeah. was. Agreed. I, you know, I I, de- I defend Tom when he's going to be back. I think he's a great coach. That was a poor job right there. And yeah. he, he needs to bring in real offensive thinkers. Yeah. If I if I if I can take off my media hat for a second and put on my fan hat because I'm a fan first and foremost. Let her rip. Yeah. I was pissed watching that contest and some some of those play calls and it does get to the point where just seeing a lot of the the same things repetitive over and over and over without any changes you know i i don't want to speak for the fan base but i can understand but also objectively looking at it from this perspective putting zooming out and looking at a loss in context of a whole season you know, it's having an opportunity at the end of the year to make the postseason, which they still do. Um, but <laughs> I get it because, gosh, it, it, you're right. They could have been in overtime and had an opportunity to win the game. And it would have been an ugly win, but it still could have been a win. But if we're really zooming out, to what end? To what end is beating the Colts help this team? They need a quarterback. Um, you know, I agree with giving Kenny Pickett the starting job again next year. hmm but I also agree with bringing in someone else if you can. It's a second rounder. If it's, if you got a good first rounder, yeah, you got that position is way too valuable, and uh, the backups are not showing anything right now. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you say you know we could we could draft a second team quarter third team quarterback? You know yeah. let let the rookie be the third team guy. Yeah, at least you're developing, and because because. Well, there are a lot of things I like about Kenny Pickett. It's not he's not wowed me to the point where that you know you say that's the guy. Yeah, and and I agree with you on one hundred percent there too. You have to go in with a contingency plan because you're right. You want to give him the opportunity year three with a new offensive coordinator to have that camp to get comfortable, get familiar. But if it doesn't pan out after five or six games, I think the that that chapter is closed. It's it's written. This is who he is, and you have to have somebody to go to. So yeah, well, that's a decision to be made a long time down the road. That's yeah. a coaching in-season decision that uh you can't plan ahead and say, we'll give him five games. Yeah. Yep. Uh let's just hit on Tomlin's presser here to to wrap this thing up. Anything uh of substance noteworthy that uh, other than he just held his shield out and deflected everybody's question. It bounced right back at them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Some of it was pretty funny. You know, what did you think of Minka ripping uh, its teammates for their poor effort? And he said uh, he was just putting a smile on his face for game day or 
<laughs> That's how Minka is. He smiles in the face of adversity. You could say whatever you want. I mean, it's not like he's being tested and graded. He's answering questions and um, he's not going to air dirty laundry. He's not going to rip players yeah. unless someone needs it and he thinks it can be effective as a coach to rip that player from his pulpit. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, well, you know, to that to that point, I felt like his comment about George Pickens was a little pointed. Where he uh, I, again? What was that again? That was where he said uh, somebody asked about Pickens' antics on the side, and he said uh, sidelines, and it was something along the lines that, yeah, it's a problem because it's not solution oriented. Exactly. So yeah. that's I a nice like, answer. Yeah, but yeah. I also felt like he was calling Pickens out a little bit, which may have been the first time that I've seen that from him. That's uh, it, it's it's due. It was due. I, I think I've heard s- some grumbling from him about Pickens. I thought, but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's so, viable. so Jim, we uh, what hope can you give Steelers Nation here? There are four games left. <laughs> They're still in a, a wild card spot as we speak, but the schedule is going to get pretty tough. What is the best case scenario? Is there any hope for this team to figure it out before so you want hope? Okay, I'm going to smile. <laughs> uh, you want hope? I mean, just give the it the truth. Really bad. Look what yeah. happened last night. And Miami lost. Um, Green Bay's been tearing everybody up. The Giants beat them. Anything can happen if you get hot. You just got to get a hot quarterback. Yeah. I don't know that Tr- Trubisky's that guy. Can 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 he beat the Colts? Man, beating the beating the Bengals with revenge the way they're playing is going to be hard. But Seattle's beatable, and then you know Baltimore may have things wrapped up, so they could win three. And if Kenny comes back and plays well, maybe he gets a little momentum and they win a playoff game. Yeah, yeah, man, that's as good a hope as I can give you. Maybe a playoff win. Maybe a playoff win. Well, I think with where this team is right now that would be acceptable. And maybe you could call that a successful year, getting into the playoffs, getting a victory, advancing. I would think that most people would take it, but there's also, uh, and I wrote about this, I shared it with you. I think there's a sense that that's not wanted. The Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Let's purge what shouldn't be in Pittsburgh and let, let's start over. Um, well, okay, good luck firing a coach that can't lose, have a losing record in a rebuilding year. Yeah. Definitely a rebuilding phase. I mean, it's post-Rothelsberger. Get a grip on this, people. Yeah. Rip me in the section in the comment section. Go ahead. <laughs> Just don't get personal. We don't have to get personal. Just say you're wrong. Yeah, I know. I, I got to exercise my block finger uh, to get ready. Man, some of those guys. Jeez. Yeah. So, uh, anyway... Um, my book's for sale and it's Christmas time. So I've got uh, three books for sale. My last three books at jimwexel.com. You can get them autographed. They're cheap. The Polamalo biography, the On the Clock book, and uh, Steeler Nation Road Trip books. Good one too for uh, if you want an old gem from 2008. You want to read about those boys. I went to their homes, their families, their neighbors, their, their high school coaches, Heath Miller, Brett Kiesel. Well, that was all fun. Troy Polamalo. That's how I got to know the Polamalo family. Anyway, uh, jimwexel.com. Yeah. 
Yep. Harken back to uh, the the great times of yesteryear. <laughs> but that's going to do it for episode. It's all I got for you. You want to know? There we go. Well, we got a little little string of it. That's going to do it for episode number eighty eight. We hope to see you back here next week talking a Steelers victory. Moving into episode eighty nine. Have a great weekend. Thanks for your support. Subscribe, comment down below, and we will see you back here for another episode of the Steel City Insider Podcast. Take care, everyone. See you, Jim. See you, Jeremy.